You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take. I am your host, Sean Bingham, and today we are talking about what else would we be talking about? We're talking about March Madness, people. It is March, and I could not be happier. So I'm going to go through my bracket. I'm horrible at making the picks. I used to be the man. I used to I used to win this thing every year with my buddies and at work and things like that. And honestly, I haven't won in like five or six years now. So I don't know what's going on. I'm not very good at it anymore. But I used to be really, really good. But I'm going to do my best to help you guys break it down. We're going to bring on our producers uh, Johnny Spock and Phil Hyatt, they're going to help us out, give us their picks. They've done a ton of research and see if we can't help you out in your pool. By the way, we have one that you should join. It's uh, just STB Sports Take on ESPN's Tournament Challenge. You can go to our Facebook page and find it or on our website, uh, stbsportstake.com. I'll put a link there. But uh, join join the uh, Tournament Challenge with us, and we're going to give out a $50 gift card to kzgear.com. They make interchangeable sunglasses, floatable sunglasses, cool beanies, really cool brand, um, and they're going to donate $50 uh, to the whoever wins our tournament challenge on STB Sports Take. Uh, so join that. Check it out. So March is here. The tournament is here. It's the happiest time of the year for me. I couldn't be, I couldn't be more thrilled every time this, this rolls around for us. So, you know, Selection Sunday was just yesterday, and I'm sitting there watching it, and no major surprises, really, for me. I mean, I was kind of surprised Syracuse got in, but they're Syracuse. Honestly, I think they'll win their first-round game, so they probably deserved it, even though, you know, you could argue some other teams should have gotten in. Some other mid-majors could have gotten in ahead of them. And then you look at, like, you know, Kentucky got their four seed. and we, <laughs> If you watched, I mean, Coach Cal, he went on for uh, several minutes. He just couldn't stop talking about how, you know, they're not going to steal my joy when they clearly had. He was clearly frustrated with the seeding, but he kept telling us that he wasn't. But they'll be fine. They'll they'll advance to the Sweet 16, and we'll see what happens from there. But, you know, the one that did kind of surprise me was Michigan State not getting a one seed and Oregon getting the one seed, even Virginia. Virginia doesn't win their tournament. They don't win their regular season. You know, they're in the ACC, which is, you know, the toughest conference. But they didn't win. They weren't the regular season or the tournament champs. Michigan State was both out of the Big Ten, and they didn't get in. So you could argue that Michigan State could have gotten the one over Oregon or Virginia. But honestly, when it comes to the ones and twos, does it really matter? I mean, honestly, does does it really matter? I know that historically ones win most of the tournaments more than any other seed, but that's because they're usually the four best teams, not because of where they were seeded. So if you happen to be misseeded by one and you're at a two instead of a one, if you're truly the best team... It's not going to matter. So you have to play the 15 instead of the 16. Ooh, you play the 7 instead of the 8. Ooh, big difference, you know. It does. It just doesn't matter. If you're truly the best team, you're going to get to that Elite 8 game, and then you'll have a chance to, to prove that you're the best against the one seed from your bracket. So not a huge deal. Tom Izzo, I tell you what, Tom Izzo, he is as good as they get at making it to the Final Four, but he's got, I think, just one championship to show for it, and that was in 2000 with Mateen Cleaves. But I feel like Michigan State and Tom Izzo are in the Final Four year in and year out. So kudos to them. I think uh, I think they got their work cut out for them this year. But um, 
my personal hunch is that they're going to get there again. So um, I'm not going to spoil too much. I'm going to go in and just tell you my bracket, and I'm curious what yours are. You can, again, tweet me at Sean Bingham, S-E-A-N-B-I-N-G-H-A-M, at Sean Bingham on Twitter. Um, So Kansas, they got the number one overall seed. They're in the south. And the two seed is Villanova. And the three seed, Miami. Four seed is Cal. So the South was kind of an interesting region. I personally have it going at the Sweet 16 as such. I'm taking the top seeds, Kentucky and Cal, to match up in the Sweet 16, the one on the four. Uh, sorry, not Kentucky, but Kansas. Kansas and Cal with Kansas winning. And then I do have Miami advancing, but I actually have Iowa. I have Iowa beating Villanova in the uh, second round. And the reason for that is Iowa, they've struggled. Their last 12 games, they're just 5-7. and seven. But they have a BPI of 22. They've got tremendous talent. And, you know, let me explain real quick the difference between RPI and BPI. RPI just takes into account your record and your strength of schedule, and that's it. BPI, the Basketball Power Index, is something that ESPN does. And I think it's an incredible stat. It takes into account margin of victory. It takes into account if crucial players were missing for the game. It takes into account where the game was played on the road, neutral court, at home. To me, the BPI is a very, very valuable ranking. And Iowa is 22nd. Villanova is third. But for some reason, I don't know, I just have this crazy hunch that Iowa's going to do it. Again, I might change my mind before th- before Thursday. You never know. I I, uh, I tend to do that. I, I never, I'm not the guy, though, that fills out, like, multiple brackets. You know, that everyone has that friend that wants to fill out like seven brackets, and then he wants to tell everybody, like, oh, I got that right. I picked that upset. It's like, well, yeah, bro, you, you picked it. You, you, you picked every possible scenario in your multiple brackets. So, yeah, you did get it right in one of your seven. Not impressive. So don't be that guy. Don't be the guy that fills out seven brackets and then brags to everybody that you got to pick right when you got it wrong in six of the seven. Anyway, so moving on, I've got, I've got coming out of that bracket, I've got, I've got Kansas, I do. I've got the number one overall coming out of that bracket. And um, I think they'll play Miami. I have Miami, the three seed, meeting them in the Elite Eight. And Miami is a good team, you know. And, and Laranega is a fantastic coach. I love Miami. I think they're great. I mean, I remember when he, what was it, 2000, I want to say it was 2006 or 2007 maybe, maybe 2005 even. I can't remember. Somewhere in there when Laranega was the coach of George Mason and he took them to the Final Four and they were like an 11 seed or something. That was the coolest run to the Final Four I, I remember ever witnessing. That was just so much fun to watch. And the guy goes to Miami, you know, historically obviously very much a football school, but they're in the ACC. It's a big school. And he immediately makes them a contender. They're a three seed. They finished 25-7. and seven. They were 13-5 and five in conference. I mean, they're a great team. So they, they could give the Jayhawks some trouble in that Elite Eight game. But man, I mean, Kansas is playing so well right now. They've won; they're twelve and zero in their last, you know, in their last twelve games. Fifteen and three in conference out of the Big Twelve. Uh, BPI of five. Their RPI rank, which again takes into account your your record and your strength of schedule. They're number one. So, and they're winning by an average of thir- uh, fourteen points a game. So, they're going to be tough. I've, I'm taking Kansas in that one, but don't be surprised if Miami makes it to the Final Four. I could really see that happening because they've got a coach that's done it before as an underdog. So moving down to the West, this is the this is the bracket that will match up with the South or Kansas in the Final Four. And personally, th- this to me is probably 
probably the weakest bracket. I mean, I look at Oregon as the number one. Oklahoma is a strong two seed. And then they've got uh, the three seed is Texas A&M. Pretty weak, I think. And then the four seed is Duke. Duke's got the name, but they're really just not, they're not Duke this year, in my opinion. They're kind of banged up and they just haven't been the same. So to me, this is probably the weakest bracket. Um, but what I've got happening in this one is I do have the one and two matching up, Oregon and Oklahoma, and I've got Oklahoma winning. I think Oklahoma is phenomenal. Buddy Heald, to me, is the best player in the country. And so I'm going to take them. They're uh, looking at their BPI. Oklahoma is a 6 RPI and a 6 BPI. Oregon is a 2 RPI and a 17 BPI. But I tell you, man, they crushed Utah on Saturday in that Pac-12 championship game down in Vegas. That was very, very impressive. I wasn't sure if that was more impressive on Oregon's part or just less impressive on Utah's part. It was it was really, really an interesting game. But Oregon made Utah look like they didn't even belong on the same court. So maybe Oregon's that good. They beat Utah three times. But I'm going to take my chances with Oklahoma, which isn't really going out on a limb. Like I say, they're the, they're the two seed anyway. But this one's kind of interesting. I think VCU could give Oklahoma some trouble. They're the 10 seed. I think they'll beat Oregon State, and then they could give Oklahoma some trouble in the second round. But if Oklahoma can get past that, I don't see anyone, I don't know, I mean, Northern Illinois and Texas, that's a really interesting matchup. Both those teams beat North Carolina this year. That's the 6-11 matchup, and then the winner of that will play most likely Texas A&M. And I could see either one of those teams beating A&M, but uh, I don't know. I don't, I, don't really see, I don't really see Oklahoma struggling to get to the Elite Eight unless... Yeah, I I just don't actually. I don't see I don't see Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma should pretty much walk to the Elite Eight as I'm looking at the bracket here. So um I'll take Oklahoma out of the out of the West, moving over to the other side of the bracket, look at the East, and this is this is maybe the strongest bracket or the strongest region. This is North Carolina at the one, Xavier at the two, uh West Virginia at the three, Kentucky at the four. Kentucky, to me, is by far the strongest four seed, and UNC might be the best team in the tournament. I don't know exactly where I put Xavier. Um, I'm still kind of torn on them. If you look at Xavier, you know, you look at like a potential 2-3 matchup, right, with Xavier and West Virginia there in the east. West Virginia's RPI is 10. Xavier's is 7. West Virginia's BPI is 7. Xavier's is 14. West Virginia six and five against the top twenty-five. Xavier three and three. It's just, it's tough, you know. Like these are both really, really good teams. Both had great conference records. Both are scoring about eighty points a game on offense. So, I don't know. I don't know what to, I don't know what to expect out of Xavier for some reason. It's just, it's interesting to me, you know, to 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 look at these matchups and I just don't know. I feel like Xavier might be the weakest two seed. But then I feel like West Virginia is a, a solid three, and I feel like Kentucky's the best four. Indiana's a solid five. So this this bracket's really, really tough. Notre Dame's a solid team at six. They've got a really, really good good bracket. Wisconsin at seven. I mean, the list goes on. This is a really, really strong bracket. So in this one, I'm taking I'm taking North Carolina. The the one question would be obviously Kentucky. Can Kentucky do it? Can Kentucky go into this this uh strong East bracket? 
and take on UNC in the Sweet 16 and win. Um, and if you look at Kentucky's numbers, they're 9-3 and three in their last 12. They're outscoring their opponents by an average of 11 points a game this year. BPI and RPI of 12. North Carolina, though, their BPI is 1. Tops in the whole country, RPI of 5. So I'm a big you know, Tar Heel fan, and uh, I like Roy Williams. Coach Cal's obviously a, f- a fantastic coach. Um, I think he's probably been guilty of cheating more often than he hasn't been when it comes to NCAA violations and recruiting and stuff, but that's just uh, an opinion-based comment there. But um, I don't know. This, this, this you could you could flip a coin on this and probably feel just as safe. But I, I would I would take North Carolina personally. I think they've got the stronger team. I think they've got a little bit more experience, and I think they've had a tougher road to get to where they are. I think they've played tougher competition, which will only make them that much more prepared. So again, this one this one's a coin flip. If it's whoever wins that game is going to make it to the Final Four, the one four matchup in the Sweet Sixteen of North Carolina and Kentucky. To me, that team will go on to the Final Four out of this bracket. I'm taking Carolina, though. So that leaves just the Midwest, and this is where Virginia's the one, Michigan State the two, Utah the three, Iowa State the four. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to take Utah to beat Fresno State in the first round, but I don't care who who wins that Seton Hall-Gonzaga game, they will beat Utah. Utah will lose in the second round for sure, either to Gonzaga or Seton Hall. Seton Hall definitely is a very solid team. Uh, their guards are phenomenal, whereas Gonzaga has the really strong big men. And so that'll be kind of, a, I guess, a battle of who can who can play their own game better, the battle of the bigs and the battle of the guards. Seton Hall is going to win the battle of the guards, and Gonzaga is going to win the battle of the bigs. So it just is going to see who's, who's better at what they do. And I personally think I'm going to go with Gonzaga uh, to, to pull off the, the small upset there. And I think Gonzaga will beat Utah in the second round, which would put an 11 seed Gonzaga in the Sweet 16 against Michigan State. That's what I think is going to happen here. And then lower in that bracket, I'm going to take Syracuse, the 10, and the supposedly undeserving team in the tournament. I'm going to have them beating Dayton in the first round and then losing to Michigan State in the second. So that leaves Michigan State-Gonzaga and the, for the bottom half. And in the top half, I'm taking Virginia all the way through to the Elite Eight. I'll take Michigan State to play them. And I'm going to take Michigan State to go to the Final Four to play North Carolina. So in my Final Four, I've got two ones and two twos. Nothing, no big, huge upsets I'm trying to predict there. But I'm going to take Kansas and UNC in the finals. And I'm going to take North Carolina to win it all, 74 to 68. That is my bracket. You've just heard it. Kansas, Oklahoma, North Carolina, Michigan State. Those are my final four matchups with Kansas and North Carolina meeting in the championship and North Carolina winning it all. Sleeper teams to look out for. Gonzaga absolutely is a sleeper team. They're number 11, they're an 11 seed. They're out of the West Coast Conference. They're going to be overlooked a little bit, but I've followed these guys. They can hoop. They're a good team. They're extremely well coached, and I think they get to the second weekend. Um, some other potential sleeper teams, you know, Stephen F. Austin, they can shoot it. They're a good team. They're a 14 seed. I think they'll lose their first round game to West Virginia. It is a team to look out for, though. Some other potential major upsets. I don't know. I don't know. You know, these are those major upsets are so hard to predict. You know, it's like throwing darts at a board and just hoping for the best. So I don't really know. 
honestly, I, I wish I could sit here and pretend like I'm like super, super smart with this. But the super like low seed upsets, one that, that, that stands out, like I mentioned, is Northern, Northern Iowa. They're the 11 seed. Um, they're going to be playing Texas. And that's uh, that's over in the West bracket, West region. I can see Northern Iowa doing some damage because they've got an easy. To me, Texas A&M is probably the weakest three right there with the Utes. So that could be another one where the eleven beats the six, which in this case would be Northern Iowa beating Texas, and then they'd play Texas A&M, and I could very very likely see Northern Iowa beating A&M to go to the Sweet Sixteen to play Oklahoma. Northern Iowa. Let's look at their you know little baseball card stats here. Northern Iowa, 2-0 and against the top 25 this year. Their BPI, though, was only 97. So that's kind of what I just, uh, I just, I wonder about that, you know? 97 with a, to me, a ranking that is pretty darn accurate as to predicting how good you are and how good you're going to be, you know, moving forward. To be 97th in that category is not, not very impressive. They were 11-7 and in conference. Here's the thing, though. They've been really, really hot of late. They're 11-1 in their last 12 games. So, And again, they are 2-0 against top 25 opponents. So Northern Iowa could be a team to look out for, um, which makes it two, two 11 seeds that I'm looking out for. But again, don't take my word for it. You're, you're better off just handing your bracket to you know your mom or something and telling her to, to pick which logos are like the cutest or something, and you probably would do better but taking that route. But isn't that what, make, what makes March so awesome? Isn't it like I had a friend who used to hate when like the upsets would happen and I was always just sitting there thinking like what's wrong with you like that's what makes March so amazing is that any team like any team in the country can win a national championship. I don't care how you look at it. The reason that the big schools always win is because they're better not because it's set up to to favor them like you could argue football is for college. But if you if you win your conference tournament you will go to the NCAA tournament automatically. There's there's no question about it. That's how it's set up. You win your conference tournament, you're automatically in. And once you're in, just win the games and you win, you know? So, you know, and that's a that, that's a discussion for another day, but part of me thinks maybe they should have it be the automatic bids go to the regular season champs and not the conference tournament champs. I know the conference tournaments add a lot to the whole March Madness you know, aura, if you will, of the bas- college basketball game. But to reward a team that won their conference tournament more than a team that won the regular season, I'm just thinking like St. Mary's and Gonzaga is actually a perfect example. St. Mary's really was the better team this year. They won the West Coast Conference, and they go into the, the West Coast Conference tournament they lose to Gonzaga in the championship game. Gonzaga makes the dance. St. Mary's is left out. And I kind of feel like, dang, that that sucks for St. Mary's. They they, you know, for four months they were the better team. And because they lose one game at the very, very end of the season, they're left out of the tournament. It feels like maybe the system's broken in that sense. But that is the way it's set up, and St. Mary's had the chance to win that game and be in, and they lost. So I guess, you know, it is what it is. But I do think it would be interesting to to look at some of the mid-majors especially and say, hey, you know what, we want to take the truly best team from that conference. So we're going to take the regular season champ because be, really the best team in the conference is the regular season champ because you can get hot in a tournament and you can go win three or four games in a row to win your conference tournament. 
But if you win the regular season championship, that means you were the best team in that conference that season, period, in my opinion. Now, when you do both, like an Oregon or a North Carolina or a Michigan State where you win the regular season title and the tournament title, then it's like you're the undisputed champ. But in a St. Mary's-Gonzaga situation, it's kind of it's kind of tough. I mean, I think Gonzaga's deserving, and I think they'll make it to the Sweet 16. But I think St. Mary's probably should have made the tournament as well. I mean, they're certainly better than some of the other teams in here. But anyway, that's that's a discussion for another day. Well, I, want, I want to bring in our producers now. You've heard enough from me. You've heard enough about my brackets and probably what not to do as you make your own predictions. But um, I want to bring in uh, Phil Hyatt and Johnny Spock. These guys are great. They do a ton of research for us, and I want to get their picks. So I'm going to flip the mic around here. The sound quality might drop a little bit. We apologize for that, but we want to get their picks here in the studio. They've been helping me for several weeks now doing some awesome research and uh, really adding a ton to the show. So I wanted to give them a chance to have their voice heard here on the podcast. So you know, Phil, let's start with you. What were some big surprise seedings that stood out in your mind, or maybe some big snubs? I know we, you know, we heard a bunch talked about on TV last night, but what, was, what were some things that stood out in your mind? Well, Sean, there are two things that really caught my attention. On the first, like you said, with all the snubs, you know, where are all the mid-major teams? You know, we have the teams who won their conference tournaments, but what about the at-large? I mean, we have teams like Monmouth who didn't get in. And, you know, another team like St. Bonaventure, who, according to KPI, and, you know, with all those, you know, ranking systems, the acronyms, we can't really keep them straight, but they were ranked 31st in the nation on the KPI. So I just think a team ranked 31st in any sort of rankings should have been in the a tournament of the top 68. And also... So real, real quick, whose spot should they have taken? You know, who, who specifically should have gotten in and maybe who, whose spot should they have taken? Um, I'm I'm still confused at, at why Syracuse is in. You know they they were looking weak the whole year. Um, you know playing in the ACC, ACC is the conference I follow the most, and they they were close, but they were they were never one of the top five six teams in that conference. And so, you know, I would rather see them maybe in one of the playing games or in the NIT. But I think Monmouth or St. Bonaventures easily could have taken their spot. It's interesting, you know, I think a lot of people have that same thought that maybe Syracuse didn't deserve to get in, but then you think about the ACC and you think about how tough that that conference is, and when I look at the bracket, I see Syracuse and Dayton, honestly, I think Syracuse is going to win that game, and then all of a sudden it's like, maybe the maybe the committee got it right, you know, like, I, I don't know, I guess I guess we'll let it, let it uh, play out, but do you think big name, you know, the history of the school, do you think that plays a part, Johnny? What about you? Let's bring you in. You know, what do you think about that? Does Syracuse get in because of their name and because of Jim Beheim, or did they really deserve to be there? Yeah, I definitely think that name and especially in college basketball, coach plays a big deal. Uh, Jim Beheim had a suspension earlier, and the team's played better since he's gotten back. That's why a lot of people felt like they should get in. I think Michigan also plays in that. They had a hot Big Ten tournament, but really didn't show anything too impressive, but they do get to play in a playing game. If I was the committee, I would have put in a St. Mary's in that situation. I've watched a lot of them play a lot this year. They've got great guard play, only lost three conference games, uh, end up going to the championship and barely lose to Gonzaga. So it's kind of heartbreaking that they're not in. But I do think that, you know, the big names are going to get a push by the committee before the mid-majors. Great term, right? That that mid-major. Let's, uh, let's hop to the bracket. Let's start in the East region. Um, you know, who, who's a sleeper team in the East, and who do you see coming out of the East? Well, my uh, 
my sleeper team is actually a Stephen F. Austin. Um, they are hot. I usually like to pick teams who finish the season hot. They're a confident team. They're going in. Uh, they play against a West Virginia club who uh, I haven't been too impressed with personally just based on my eye test. Um, Stephen F. Austin really just beat up on their conference, even though they do have a weak conference. But like I said, they're 12-0. Yeah, 18-0 in conference. Crazy. Yeah, 12-0 their last 12 games. So, I mean, that's something that I look look at um, when I'm picking the team. But who I pick coming out of the East is actually Kentucky. Uh, I think that they win their game. They're hot right now, and then they end up playing UNC in the Sweet 16 and knock off in an upset North Carolina. Um, we seem to do this every year, or I do this every year with these Kentucky teams. They look rocky during the regular season. We underestimate them, but Calipari always gets his teams ready for tournaments. So I see Kentucky coming out of the East. Okay, there you go, folks. A Stephen F. Austin sleeper and a Kentucky and Kentucky East champion. Uh, Phil, what about you? Let's stick with, stick in the East. Who's your sleeper? Who's your champ? Well, Johnny, it's funny that you have Kentucky coming out of the East because I have them actually losing in the first round of Stony Brook. Um, I am really, yeah, I am, I am not high up on Kentucky, um, and Stony Brook, I mean, they had 43 points from, from Jamel Warner in their, in this last game on Saturday that they won their conference championship. Um, they're hot, they're, they're excited to be in the tournament, and I just think they're going to carry that excitement with them. Uh, but as for a sleeper team, you know, Stony Brook, yeah, being Kentucky, but then losing to Indiana. I actually have Michigan as my sleeper team. If they can get out of that, that first four, um, I think they have you know the biggest buzzword during this tournament is momentum. And right now, uh, Michigan has the momentum with them, even though they lost to Purdue in the semifinals of the Big Ten. You know they have some good things going for them. And I have you know North Carolina coming out of the East. You know when when they play their best. They are tough to beat, and they proved that during the ACC tournament. They can beat you offensively and defensively. So we'll just see what happens. Yeah, fantastic defensive team. So let's uh, let's keep going down the bracket. Let's move over. Let's talk about Kansas. Um, they're over there in the in the West, or excuse me, in the South. So they were the number one overall seed. Johnny, did they deserve that number one seed? And talk about talk about the South. Who's coming out of the South? Who's the sleeper? I definitely think Kansas was worthy of getting that one seed, the top overall one seed as well. They've played in a really tough Big 12 this year, uh, had to face Oklahoma, those Baylor squads. Uh, based on what I've seen, they've been the most consistent team. They're, they're led by Perry Ellis and a couple other senior leaders, but that's what you need to look for is senior leadership uh, in this tournament, and that's what Kansas has got. I see them coming out of the uh, out of this region. Also, from the south, I see Wichita State, I know that they have to play in the playing game Tuesday in Dayton, but they've also got uh, Fred Van Fleet and Rob Baker, two guys who have played in the tournament a lot. These guys were in the preseason top 10, so obviously they've got the talent. Uh, I think that they uh, go on one more inspired run and are the sleeper in the South. Awesome. Phil, South? You know, when are Van Fleet and Ron Baker going to graduate college it feels like they've been at, just feels like they've been at Wichita State for years and years I just can't believe it um but from the south you know you've heard it here first uh, this is the year that Villanova breaks out of the first weekend and they make it all the way to the final four actually who, who are they playing in the elite eight uh they're actually they're going to play California in the elite eight you know California this is my sleeper team in this, in this region 
um, Pac-12, West Coast, all their games. You know, no one on the East Coast ever watches them. And also, you know, on TV, they're always on Pac-12 networks. So they're a team that not many people can watch, but look out for them. They're going to have a pretty easy road because Kansas is going to lose in the second game to UConn. UConn, okay, so is UConn your sleeper then? Um, I, w- I don't know if I would call them my sleeper because after they beat Kansas, they will lose to California. Um, but this, I'm not going to be surprised if they do win because this tournament is so wide open. You know, Kevin Ollie has already done this before, you know, two years ago with Shabazz Napier, and right now he has Shabazz Napier 2.0 um, and, and Adams. And so, you know, look out for him, but keep your heads open up for Cal. Okay, and, uh, let's just keep going down. Let's go to the West. So uh, Oregon got the number one seed in the West. Uh, a lot of people, you know, debated whether or not they were deserving of that number one. Maybe Michigan State should have gotten it. But either way, Oregon gets the, the one seed in the West. So, Johnny, back to you. Who's, who's coming out of the West and who's a team to, to watch out for? Who could make some noise and make it to the second weekend? Um, you know, I, I think that Oregon, after looking at it, they're deserving of the one seed. They had second best strength of schedule and RPI, which is really good. But uh, I do see Oklahoma coming out of out of this region. Uh, I'm a little bit scared of Oklahoma, though. Uh, I feel like they shoot a lot of threes. If Buddy Heald gets cold and the team kind of follows, I see them taking a loss. But when they're at their best, they're one of the best teams in the nation, and uh, I see them playing really well in the tournament. Uh, my sleeper team is Northern Iowa. Uh, this is a team that went in and beat North Carolina, who's arguably one of the best teams in the country. Uh, they have a couple other wins. One of their biggest wins, I think, was... Uh, going into Wichita State, beating them on the road, uh, breaking up their win streak, uh, their home win streak of about a year. So these team, this team doesn't need to play at home to win. They're 2-0 against the top 25. Um, they're confident and they can play loose. And Texas is a team that uh, doesn't have a lot of experience. So I see Northern Iowa beating off some big teams, making it to the second weekend. Interesting. Phil, let's, uh, let's hear your rebuttal to that, huh? Well, Texas and Northern Iowa are both teams that beat UNC in the regular season. So, you know, that, that game's a toss-up. I think this, this region in the West is the weakest region by far in this year's tournament. Um, I have Oklahoma coming out of it because they, you know, I test. They're the strongest team. They have, you know, the national player of the year, Buddy Heald. There is a chance that he has an off night, though, and they can get upset um, same with Johnny, you know, Northern Iowa is my sleeper as well. Very cool. Yeah, this, this, I would agree. I think this region's probably the weakest. I've also got Oklahoma coming out of it, but Oregon impressed me. I mean, they, they really put the beat down on the Utes, uh, there in the Pac-12 championship game. I was surprised to see just how good Oregon was. It did, because I've seen Utah play a lot and Utah's a good team and Oregon, Oregon made them look like they didn't even belong on the same court. So Oregon could be a team to look out for. I guess we'll see. So let's let's move on to the final region here, the the Midwest. Virginia, the number one seed there. Phil, let's stick with you uh, for the Midwest to start us off. Who's coming out of the Midwest, um, and who who's a team to that could kind of make some noise and maybe maybe get rid of some of the higher seeds in the first weekend? Well, Sean, you're going to hear how volatile volatile I am because earlier I said Syracuse didn't belong, but they're my sleeper team in this region. Um, <laughs> you know, like they don't belong, but at the same time, they do have the talent and you know they just seem like the team most likely to to make a surprise run 
Um, but I still have Michigan State coming out of this region. Um, they're they're going to play Iowa State in the Elite Eight from this region. Um, Michigan, they're going to be carried by Denzel Valentine like they have been all year. Uh, Tom Izzo is a great coach. You know He's taken multiple Michigan State teams to the Final Four that honestly should not have made it. Um, and so I think once again... You know, you're going to see a matchup between UNC and Michigan State in the Final Four, just like it's been, you know, it seems like for the past decade. Johnny, so so Phil, real quick, you've got you've got Syracuse as your sleeper, but uh, you you do have them losing in the second round still. Yeah, they're just a team to potentially look out for. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I got it. Um, I've actually got that same thing, Johnny. What do you got? I'm uh, taking as my favorite in this region, the best Cavaliers team in the country right now, and that's the Virginia Cavaliers, not the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Virginia <laughs> plays, <laughs> that's a knock to LeBron and the boys right now, but uh, Virginia's got uh, a great player in Malcolm Brogdon. They've got great senior leadership. This is actually an interesting thing. They, if they end up playing Michigan State in the Elite Eight, this is the third straight year they faced off. Uh, Michigan State's won the previous two. I think Virginia comes with... Uh, Vengeance, they end up getting to the Final Four. Uh, my sleeper team, I've got a couple to look out for in this one, actually, but uh, I'm going to go with Seton Hall. Um, I think that they play against Villanova. They play against uh, Butler, Xavier. They've played some tough teams. They won their tournament, so they're hot. Uh, if they can get past Gonzaga, I think that they can uh, make some noise and make it a really interesting game against Michigan State down the road. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that matchup up because – the Seton Hall-Gonzaga matchup is one to watch because I think whoever wins that game will beat Utah and go on to the Sweet 16 because Utah looked so bad on Saturday night that I just can't have them going past that first round. I think they'll win their first game, of course, but I think Seton Hall or Gonzaga beats them in the second round. I personally, uh, I might change things before Thursday, you know, but as of right now, I've got Gonzaga beating Seton Hall and then beating mm-hmm. Utah, but that's an interesting matchup. Yeah, one thing I will say about Virginia, and you know, just backing up, Johnny, this Malcolm Brogdon is a monster on the court. You know, ACC Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year. You know, first one to do that in a very long time. And just watching his game, he is Kawhi Leonard, but with a better offensive game than Kawhi Leonard had in college. So if he doesn't, if you guys don't see him on a national stage in this tournament. Look out for him in the NBA because he will splash down. Yeah, that dude can hoop. So you, let me see if I've got your final four correct. So Phil, yours was yours is Oklahoma out of the South. Oklahoma out of the West. Uh, okay, you just tell yeah. it to me. <laughs> Villa, I got Oklahoma out of the West, Villanova coming out of the South, and then on the other side I got UNC coming out of the East and Michigan State coming out of the Midwest. So Oklahoma versus Nova. Michigan State versus North Carolina. That could be a lot of fun. Johnny? I got uh, Kansas and Oklahoma facing off in, the, in their Final Four game against Kentucky, uh, Virginia. And uh, I'm looking forward to a Kansas-Oklahoma fourth match that, uh, that they can play off. It was a great game, the triple overtime game, so that'll be a fun one. Okay, so you've got, you've got Kansas and Oklahoma in the Final Four. Who wins that game and who do they play in the finals and championship? Um, I think uh, Kansas wins that game, and they play the uh, Cavaliers of Virginia in the finals. Um, I really like Brogdon, and uh, so that's who I'm going to go with. And who, who wins it all? I think Virginia wins it all. Um, 
it's rarely a team that uh, I ever see during the regular season. It's usually a, kind of a sleeper team, um, and I think Virginia is the sleeper one seed. We talked about a lot of people are debating whether they're even there, and I think they come and play with a chip on their shoulder for the whole tournament and uh, surprise a lot of people. And Phil, you know, I can see your bracket here. You've got, you've got Oklahoma UNC facing off in the championship. Tell me why you think Oklahoma beats Nova and, and why you think UNC goes on and does what they're going to do. You know, I think Villanova is a great team, but they, I, in my opinion, they do not have it defensively to stop Oklahoma's offense, um, especially if Buddy Hill is on that game. He's, he's, he dominates the court. But UNC, you know, in this past ACC, ACC tournament, they've, they've proven that they can play defense. Um, they played defense better than Virginia did, and Virginia's one of the best defensive teams in the country. And they held Notre Dame to 47 points. Um, while scoring 78 themselves. Um, and so UNC has the defensive stopping power to, to, keep, to keep Oklahoma in check. Um, although the finals will be a high-scoring game, I still have UNC taking it all. And you're not biased at all, right? I, I, yeah. <laughs> I try not to be, but, you know. Somehow, East, somehow they just keep getting penciled in every time. Yeah, <laughs> every tournament UNC wins. I don't know. Hey, you know, you're not that far off a lot of the times, but... You know, I've got I've got UNC and Michigan State in the Final Four as well, and I really hope that happens because those are two amazing programs with tons of history and two incredible coaches, two of the very best coaches of all time in uh, Roy Williams and Tom Izzo. So I hope that happens in the Final Four. I've got UNC going on to win it all myself, but uh, like I say, this all you know subject to change before Thursday. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> I mean, last time UNC won the championship in '09, they played Michigan State, so they are a good luck charm. I'll tell you what, Tom Izzo, he knows how to get to the Final Four. He, he can't, can't do a whole lot once he gets there, but nobody goes to the Final <laughs> Four more than him. But he's only got the one title. That was with Mateen Cleaves back in like 2000 or something like that. But, yeah, it's a, he, he's a heck of a coach. But anyway, thanks, guys, for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for your good work. Yeah, we look forward to watching a great tournament. Yeah, thanks for having us. Our beloved producers, Johnny Spock and Phil Hyde, everybody. You've got their picks. You've got mine. I want to go back real quick to something I didn't even touch on. First of all, I actually made a huge mistake. I kept referring to Michigan State as the regular season Big Ten champ, which they were not. Indiana was. Uh, the team that I kept thinking of that was deserved, that kind of had that uh, all-encompassing championship to go with their resume is Kansas, who won the Big 12 regular season and the Big 12 conference tournament. But uh, the Big Ten tournament was won by Michigan State, but the Big Ten regular season was Indiana, so my apologies for that. But getting back to the Kansas-North Carolina potential matchup in the championship game, how sweet would that be? Roy Williams versus Roy Williams, you know? (laughs) Roy Williams coached at Kansas for years. He's a North Carolina guy through and through, but he's Kansas, like, right there behind it. He coached there forever, uh, really brought a ton of tradition and and history to that program and and, uh, built a very good thing that's been continued since he left, but... That would be really, really cool to see those two teams match up. In fact, do you remember when? Do you remember when Kansas went to the championship against? I think it was Memphis, and Roy Williams showed up to the game with a Kansas Jayhawk sticker on his chest, and he was the coach of North Carolina at the time. That was kind of an interesting moment. But classy guy, Roy, Roy Williams, and it'd be kind of cool to see him coach against Kansas as now, the, of course, the coach of North Carolina. So. Really good matchups coming up. Weekend one is upon us. It's just a few days away. I can't wait, but we want to hear your picks. Join our bracket pool, STB Sports Take, on the ESPN Tournament Challenge. You can find it on our website, stbsportstake.com, 
or on our Facebook page, which is all, which is just STB Sports Take. I think it's just facebook.com slash STB Sports Take. STB Sports Take. So check us out on the interweb and do me a favor. If you've listened this far, I need you to take 30 more seconds and do something for us. If you're on iTunes, hit the subscribe button and hit the rating button. Just give us that five-star, baby. It takes literally less than a minute. So we would love it if you'd do that. Subscribe to the podcast. Hit us up online. Hit us up on Twitter. We want to hear your picks. That is it for today's show. Peace. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Cause we are-